Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. It is our last football Friday of the NFL season, and we are not going to waste it. The NFL awards will be given out for the regular season on Saturday night at the NFL Honors Show. There are a few Titans that have a great chance to take home some hardware. So first, we are going to talk about that. We are going to preview the award show, talk about all the different award races and the ones that the Titans have a good chance to win. Then, we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl, the biggest game in the world. So we are going to preview that. I'll give you my takes on what the keys to the game are for the Chiefs and the 49ers. Make sure we have our last conversation about a real football game that we will have for quite some time. And then we are going to cap off the Friday show as we begun our tradition last week. We will continue it now and do a little bit of a mailbag segment. You guys sent me in a ton of questions on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. So you guys should start sending in more questions for next week and I will get to those. But we got a lot to get to in our mailbag this week first. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the show if you aren't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to be bringing you guys content all off-season long, Monday through Friday. So we have a lot to get into, an award show to preview, a Super Bowl to preview, a mailbag to get into. Got a lot on our plate, so let's get it. NFL Honors Award Ceremony will take place on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be broadcast on CBS and hosted by comedian Steve Harvey. So that'll be a very interesting program to watch. A few Titans have a really good chance of coming home with some hardware while there are a couple other Titans candidates who have a good chance of being rated pretty high when it comes to the awards if they you know, don't really have an opportunity to win it. So let's jump into those awards. First, I definitely could see Ryan Tannehill going home with Comeback Player of the Year. It's something that we've talked about throughout the season with these updates and with the type of year that he had, throwing for over 2,700 yards and 22 touchdowns, bringing the Titans back from 2-4, and and not only that, but coming from Miami, becoming a backup, coming off the bench, the turnaround, leading the team all the way to the playoffs. He has as good of a case as any player in the league to win that award. Now, he will have some competition from the 49ers starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo he did tear his ACL last year and had to come back and rehab and it's often given to a player this award that came back from an injury but in this circumstance Tannehill has such a narrative in this this award ends up being a narrative award more than anything else and Tannehill has such a strong narrative around him from everything that he's gone through in the past year and a half that it seems like he is the favorite and will come home with the comeback player of the year award. Also the offensive rookie of the year award wide receiver AJ Brown 52 catches 1051 yards eight receiving touchdowns had that rushing touchdown as well. He was an integral part of the Titans run and that helps him him from a narrative standpoint as well, but he will have pretty stiff competition in this award. While I think A.J. Brown is deserving of this award and should win it, there is an argument to be made for Oakland Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Had 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground on the season, but he only played in 13 games, and he started sitting out some games later in the season, and that 
kind of caused the Raiders to fall out of the playoff race. So will that be held against Josh Jacobs? We have to see. And then also the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, number one overall pick from the 2019 draft, Kyler Murray. He led that team with not a lot around him and still played fantastic, even though he was dealing with injuries later in the season. But I think due to his team's lack of success and some of the struggles that he had adapting to the NFL game, he'll most likely not win that award either. I would expect him to be behind A.J. Brown in the voting at least, but hoping that A.J. Brown can come home with that award. Some other awards that the Titans have a chance at, even though they may not be able to win, are the Offensive Player of the Year award. Derrick Henry, 1,540 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground. You have to think that he's going to at least be in the top three, top five, even though the award will most likely be between Christian McCaffrey, who had over 2,300 combined yards, third most of all time. It was 2,392 yards total, and that's the third best of all time. Had 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, 19 touchdowns there. But Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints, wide receiver with 149 catches. That's an NFL record. 1,725 yards and nine receiving touchdowns. I mean, if anybody deserves the award, it's definitely Michael Thomas, and I would expect him to be the favorite to get that. Looking at Coach of the Year, Mike Vrabel has a pretty good chance to be in the top three, top five there as well. I would expect the top two vote-getters to be the coaches that went 14-2, and two, John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. I would expect Harbaugh to win, though, because it's not just that he led his team to a 14-2 record, but kind of revolutionized an offense with Lamar Jackson and having who will most likely be the MVP. Let's talk about some of the other awards. Lamar Jackson will probably be MVP, so that has a lot to do with John Harbaugh winning coach of the year. Russell Wilson is in that conversation, but with Lamar Jackson setting the record for most rushing yards for a quarterback of all time and leading the Ravens the way he did, it seems like he'll most likely win that. Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots with six interceptions and two touchdowns will be the front runner for defensive player of the year. And then Nick Bosa of the 49ers with nine sacks on the season will most likely win rookie of the year for the defense. So that is going to wrap up my NFL awards preview. Hopefully a few Titans do bring home some hardware, the ones we're expecting. And I'll be here to break that down with you guys next week after we find out for certain. So make sure, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that you are subscribed on whatever platform you stream your podcast. We are going to jump into our Super Bowl preview. I'm going to give you a couple things to watch for for each team, as I'm certain you guys will be tuning in to the big game as the entire world typically does. So we will talk about that next. Fellas, let's talk about the bedroom. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You let off with a home run. Make sure you can go deep in your second at bat. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free blue chew is a better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it well my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The pain is still real, folks. It still hurts that the Titans will not be playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. And I know that you guys are as disappointed as I still feel. However, I am a football junkie. And if you're like me, there is no way in the world that I'm going to be missing the Super Bowl. Not a chance. Never missed one since I knew what football was. And I never planned to. So, want to talk about that game. A lot of you are going to be tuning in. The entire world tunes in. So, it makes sense that we would talk a little bit about that before it actually happens. So I want to give you guys my three keys to the game like I typically do on a football Friday, but I'm going to give you three keys for the Chiefs and three keys for the 49ers for what they have to do to win this game. So I will start with the 49ers who are you know, not necessarily the home team, but they're the number one seed in this situation. They need to run the football and it's no surprise here whatsoever. They had 285 rushing yards against the Packers in the conference championship. Jimmy Garoppolo barely had to throw, and I think that that's a formula of for success for the 49ers because it means they'll be up in the game and you can't allow the Chiefs to get ahead of you and get up by double digits like we saw the Titans do. So the the 49ers have to be able to run the football and that'll be indicative of them staying in the game and keeping the score tight because that's what they do best. Kyle Shanahan is fantastic with his zone run scheme handed down from his father, Mike Shanahan, who learned under Bill Walsh, who is the legendary coach from the 49ers. So it's very poetic the thing 
the way things are all working out, but the 49ers will have to run the ball and have success on the ground, maybe not to the tune of 280 yards, but I think they'll need to go over 150 on the ground to be able to win this game against the Chiefs. Next, they need to look to get play action deep, get the ball to Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle down the field and test this Chiefs secondary that I think can be worked if you get them in a bad spot. The Titans really had the Chiefs secondary in a bad spot with play action at the beginning of the conference championship. They had to go away from that just due to game flow. So if the 49ers can stay closer than the Titans and continue to utilize that play action on those deep routes after the fake, then I think they'll have a lot more success and be able to ultimately have a chance to win the game. And then on defense, they just can't give up big plays. And a lot of people criticize the Titans for their four-man rush and their three-man rush. And I don't want to rehash that whole discussion. But what the Titans were attempting to do is not give up any big plays to the Chiefs and make them work their way and work very hard to get down the field, meticulously move the ball down the field and not give them any big chunks and any explosive plays with the speed they have on offense, so I'm certain that the 49ers will have that as an emphasis as well. Moving to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mentioned running the ball for the 49ers, so obviously a key for the Chiefs is stopping the run. They were able to hold Derrick Henry to only 69 yards on the ground, and most of that because they were able to get a lead and kind of force the Titans to get out of what they do on offense, and they need to try to do that to the 49ers as well. That has to be the game plan for the Chiefs, and they're going to have to stop the run early and not let the 49ers get going so that they have a chance to take the lead. Next, they're going to have to beat cover three coverage. So Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, comes from that Seattle Seahawks you know, uh, tree, I guess, and he runs that cover three zone with the boundary corners that can change into man, run cover one or cover three out of that, so they like to have a post safety deep, a single high safety, and, and work their coverage around that. So the way to beat that for the Chiefs is to utilize their deep crossers, which is what they already like to do. So think about it this way. If you have a guy in the slot on the left-handed side and then your boundary receiver on the right-hand side runs a streak, okay? If the defense is in cover three, that means the outside corner on the right side wide receiver that runs the streak down the field, he'll have to take that receiver the entire way and stay with him as far as that receiver goes. Well, if you're running cover three, what happens if you send the slot receiver on the left-hand side on a deep cross into the right side boundary? Well, that cornerback is going to be occupied with the streak, so in theory, that should leave that part of the field wide open underneath that cornerback and that wide receiver on the streak, which is where you see Tyreek Hill on those crossers across the field, and you know Patrick Mahomes hitting them on the sideline. So if you can make that corner vacate, out of the you know intermediate mid-range area on the boundary and run a crosser over into that zone as you have a wide receiver from that side clearing things out you're going to have you know wide open passes all day long so how will the 49ers counter the deep crosses and how well will the Chiefs utilize those deep crosses and that speed to get open against that cover 3 coverage that 
Robert Sala has, has made incredibly effective there in San Francisco that he took from Seattle. And then finally for the Chiefs, they're going to have to throw screens. The 49ers front four with Eric Armstead and D4, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Bunkner. These guys are fantastic rushers, so they're going to have to slow those guys down and make them think a little bit before they pin their ears back and rush Patrick Mahomes. And the way to do that early is screens, and the Chiefs have tons of speed with Damian Williams, Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman. They also have a fantastic screen player in Travis Kelsey, who might be one of the best tight ends in the league at running those pop screens and, and those slip screens for a tight end. So they will have to utilize those screens early just to make those 49ers edge rushers and, and pass rushers think before they pin their ears back and, and go after the quarterback. So those are my keys to the game for the Super Bowl. As for a prediction here, I think that the Chiefs will win the game 27-21. to And quite frankly, I hope that the Chiefs win the game. I know that a lot of you may disagree with that and they may say, hey, the Chiefs are the ones who beat the Titans. I don't want them to win anything. But in my opinion, let's get Pat Mahomes a Super Bowl and get it out of the way. We've seen people like... Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, win one Super Bowl, and you're thinking, hey, they're going to be back. They're going to win a bunch of more Super Bowls. They're going to get a couple more. And what happens? Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So let's get, we know Pat Mahomes is going to win a Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and get him his Super Bowl. Also, Andy Reid has been one of my favorite coaches for a long time, going back to when he was a, an assistant coach with the Packers, then his Eagles tenure. I really loved those Philadelphia Eagles teams as an NFC side of things growing up. So I really want to see Andy Reid get his Super Bowl to validate his career. He's been one of the best head coaches in NFL history and one of the greatest innovators, especially you know for the offensive side of the ball in the history of this league. So I want to see him validated with a championship. And quite frankly, you say, hey, the Titans lost, but they lost to the champs. I like that better than seeing the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo win a, win a championship there. So I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I hope Pat Mahomes is the MVP, and I hope Andy Reid gets a championship to kind of validate his career and his contributions to the game of football. That is going to wrap up our Super Bowl preview. Next, we are going to dive into a huge edition of a Locked On Titans mailbag. There are a ton of questions to answer. You guys really came with it this week, and I got some non-football questions I'm really excited to to talk about as well. So, of course, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Send some more questions for me, and I will read and respond to your questions next week on our mailbag segment on Friday. Also, make sure you're reviewing the show. If you don't have a Twitter or anything like that, you can review the show and put some questions in there, and I will make sure to answer those as well. Let's jump into our Locked On Titans mailbag. We are going to start off with a question from Dunbar Dickey. How confident are you that we re-sign Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry? I am going to say 8 out of 10 
8 out of 10 confidence that both return. And he asked, what do you think the best move basically would be if Ryan Tannehill leaves? I'm going to get to that here in a little bit when I answer one of the other questions, but we're also going to have a few episodes where we talk about that as well. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Another question here from Colton Johnson, basically asking if I think that Coach Rabel can handle being the defensive coordinator. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, you see Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, you see Matt LaFleur, you see Sean McDermott, Mike Zimmer. There are other head coaches who call plays on defense. And then you see the example I gave where Steve Belichick, the DB coach, calls the defensive plays for the Patriots, even though Belichick is really mostly responsible for installing the game plan. So I do think that there is a way for Vrabel to be successful as a defensive coordinator. And at this moment in time, you got to give Vrabel the benefit of the doubt and and take a look. I, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic than pessimistic about this. And especially because I was very hesitant about Arthur Smith and even into the regular season, I didn't think that he was the man for the job and he completely turned things around. So you got to give these people, and we all learned our lesson that way, me especially, you got to give these people time to show what they can do properly before you make a judgment on on how well they did the job. Next, Jimmy, Titans 261-490, my most wanted free agent. You mentioned it in your tweet. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is mine. I think the Titans' biggest need, and I've said this multiple times, is the edge rusher position. I don't think that they should rely on a rookie to fill such a crucial need for this team and such an important need to take the next step. So I think you go out and you get a stud and Clowney has history working with Mike Vrabel. So I think that that's a perfect fit right there for the Titans. Scott Rhodes asked me about the cap projections. That's something we covered earlier in the week. Right now, it's looking like the Titans will have 52 to 55 million, but they can make a few roster cuts and get to anywhere between 60 and 70 million dollars of cap space. Zachary Navarrete, uh, my first Titans jersey and how I became a fan of the team. So funny enough, my first Titans jersey was a 29 Chris Brown. I I really thought he was going to be something special, the Titans running back selection. I I really thought he was going to take over for Eddie George and kind of be a second coming of Eddie George. Clearly, that was not the case, but uh, that was my first Titans jersey. And then how I became a fan of the Titans, I really loved Eddie George. Uh, I really loved Steve McNair and the way that he played the game. I've mentioned before on the pod, I do believe that I was a big Brett Favre fan growing up and one of the I I actually said this on Twitter but the two main reasons I love football as much as I do is because my dad taught me about the game it's a way that we bonded he was a coach for most of my life president of my peewee organization growing up so really appreciate my dad's influence on loving football but he was a Packers fan so all I did was watch Brett Favre growing up so big Brett Favre fan and Steve McNair kind of embodied a lot of those same feelings the way that he played football so watching Steve McNair and Eddie George together who I already was a big fan of from his days at Ohio State that just kind of sealed it for me I was eight years old when the Titans moved, officially became the Titans and in Nashville. So at that time, I'm an impressionable young guy. The, the jerseys were sweet. I love the Titans jerseys still to this day, so I'm glad I like the new ones as well. Their jerseys were sweet. The, the players, Steve McNair and Eddie George, the Music City Miracle, I loved Kevin Dyson. Boy, did I love Kevin Dyson. So just a lot of those different factors combined, and next thing you know, 
you know, 20 years later, uh, I love the team more than ever and blessed and honored to have the ability to cover them and, and do a show with you guys every day. Ian Livingston on Twitter asked how I would feel about signing Tom Brady and drafting Jake Fromm. Well, first, that goes along to Dunbar's question to start. If Ryan Tannehill leaves, man, why not Tom Brady? At that point, we're going to have to draft a quarterback no matter what if Tannehill leaves for some reason. So, yeah, of course, sign Tom Brady. I honestly don't think that's a bad idea, and I'm going to talk more about that in some other episodes. I'm not as down on that idea as some people are, but, yeah, if Tannehill walks or if the Titans have the opportunity, sign Tom Brady and draft a quarterback to groom no matter what, whether that be Fromm or Love or Eason, Gordon, any of the guys that are starting to catch buzz. I I feel weird about Fromm at the beginning of the year. I was higher on him than I am now, but he did lose a lot of weapons, had a lot of guys hurt, and a lot of reasons that he dipped in performance. I don't think that he has quite the ceiling that some of the other guys I mentioned do have, and I think at this moment in time, kind of how I feel about an edge rusher if the Titans go that way in the draft. The Titans have a solid roster. We need to try to get some home runs. We need to try to find some superstars, some studs to elevate the solid roster that we already have. So from while he's, I guess, going to be a reliable guy and uh, definitely going to be a, have a career as a backup in the NFL at the minimum, his floor is a career backup in the NFL. I just don't know if he has a high enough upside for me to want the Titans to take a chance on him and really pick him as the quarterback of the future to groom. So that's kind of how I feel about that combination. Jelly Bones on Twitter asked me a great question. I love this. He asked me what my three best albums of 2019 are. And I wouldn't say best. I don't like doing best because then, you know, you're judging the quality and what's good for me, especially in music, especially in music. What's good for me may not be good for you and what relates to you and resonates with you may be different than what resonates with me. So music, I never try to use best or greatest or anything like that. I would just say my three favorite albums of the year. I'm going to do a combination with my first one, uh, Kirk and Baby on Baby from the Baby. Love both of those albums. Uh, really enjoy the energy of his music and the fact that a lot of the time in hip-hop nowadays, it's a lot of singing and more pop than actually hip-hop and, and having lyrics and being an MC. And the Baby actually raps. And I appreciate that very much as an old school hip hop fan. So, uh, gotta give a shout out to the baby for Kirk and Baby on Baby for 2019. My next favorite album of the year was probably Rapper Go to the League by Two Chains. Really enjoyed all the storytelling. Two Chains is one of the best storytellers in hip hop, and I love a good story. I love lyrics. That's what I appreciate the most about hip hop. I'm more into the lyrics, the storytelling aspect of things, the words involved than I am all the beats and all the high quality production that you see nowadays from people like Travis Scott and all the producers getting in the game with their own albums. They want to show off that production, show off their instrumentals, show off the engineering. But me, I'm in it for the lyricism, the people, the stories. So love the way that 2 Chains can kind of put everything together and all the experiences that he's had had being on you know the dirty side of things and the clean side of things so rapper go to the league from two chains and then my third 
Favorite album of 2019 would be Revenge of the Dreamers from Dreamville. I love J. Cole. I love the projects that he's putting together, all the people that he's trying to put on right now and get their music out there. So I really enjoyed that project. Some honorable mentions for me. Got to give a shout out to Port of Miami 2 from Rick Ross. Uh, liked a few songs on that album. Didn't want to put it in my top three, but I definitely enjoyed that album. And then one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time, Mac Miller, he passed away of course as most of you guys probably know and had an album released posthumously uh, called Circles so I've been enjoying that here recently as well even though it is bittersweet to see you know music released after one of my favorite artists death but you definitely want to honor that person and honor their legacy there and check it out and give it the spins it deserves and I've enjoyed it quite a bit even though it's it's kind of hard to do that knowing that Mac Miller is gone so that's some honorable mentions as well so that's five albums that I really enjoyed from 2019 if you guys haven't noticed I like hip hop that's what I'm into uh don't listen to a ton of other music I like a lot of other music, classic rock, classic country, uh, alternative rock, you know, some dubstep and things like that from time to time if I'm in the mood, but I'm mostly a hip-hop guy. But if you want to know about my favorite albums uh, from other genres and stuff, feel free to ask, and I'll, I'll put a list together for you guys because I do like tons of music, but I will admit my primary uh, music, if you turn on my car or look at my Apple Music or anything like that, it's, it's probably going to be rap. So uh, Tyler Collins asked me how bad I think the defense will get <laughs> with Rabel being the defensive coordinator. Like I said, we got to give him a fair shot. Uh, a lot of the position coaches are changing as well as we've been covering on the show. So I want to see how everything shakes out, get more information about who's going to be doing what and what roles will be filled. And I trust Teron Davenport, quite frankly, but what if Rabel does go ahead and hire a defensive coordinator? What if he changes his mind? So there's a lot to be seen, so I'll talk more about what I expect from the defense as we get closer to the regular season and as we actually know what the staff and what the position players will look like. Tyler also asked me a really fun question here, what my favorite sci-fi movies are. I'm a huge comic book movie fan, but I'm not going to include that. In sci- it's, it's technically science fiction, but at this point, comic book movies are kind of their own genre, so I'll leave that out. So I'll go with purely science fiction movies, Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan, loved all of the early movies, watched that a lot with my dad, so um, some fun memories there watching those movies. I still go and watch all the new movies with my dad whenever we get the opportunity opportunity to go to the theater and do that so star wars uh, i like harry potter i grew up with harry potter so i like harry potter don't hate indiana jones love those indiana jones movies growing up as a kid i i, I love that kind of stuff the action adventure uh, same thing terminator that's a you know an 80s movie that i really enjoyed science fiction some newer things i loved inception I love the teasers and suspense movies and kind of the mind melters. I love movies that really make you think and have a really intricate plot and intricate story. It kind of goes along with what I was saying about music. I love the words and the stories involved. So if you can really throw me off the scent of your plot and I don't know what's going on in the movie, I really enjoy that. Cloverfield and Cloverfield Lane were some really good uh, movies that I enjoyed science fiction wise. So there are a lot of movies that I can mention for science fiction, but those are some of my favorites of all time like I said if we're not including comic book movies which I kind of make its its own genre at this moment in time so that's all the questions that I had in the mailbag like I've said all show follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans ask me some more questions I will get to more next week in our mailbag segment if you don't have Twitter 
listener or you just feel generous, give us a review and I will read your question from that as well. That is going to wrap up our Football Friday, our last Football Friday episode of the 2019-2020 NFL season. So I hope you guys enjoyed our breakdown of the award show, our breakdown of the Super Bowl, and then of course another mailbag. So I'll be excited to get back with you guys next week. There's tons of news coming out every single day about the Titans it feels, so we'll continue to break everything down. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Titans.